0: Hello everyone and inside today's Locked On Canadians, the Habs might be a lead at five on five, but their special teams are costing them games. We have the game recap, some more injury news and more inside today's show.
1: You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 940 of Locked On Canadians. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NHL for $20 off your first purchase. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matlin. As always, I am joined by the Active Stick Laura Saba. And Laura, Habs had back-to-back games. You had your episode out about the Sabres game and the recap with that. They played the devils tonight on a back-to-back on Frozen frenzy night in the NHL, which being on a Tuesday is just Chef's Kiff's peak NHL level here, but they couldn't come away with the win. Uh, Tyler Toffoli hat trick sunk the Canadians just as we all expected. How are we feeling coming out of a 5-2 loss to the Devils?
1: So one of the things that uh, I talked about um, in the last episode is is Canadians fans just kind of need to go with the ride. I feel like there's way too many dramatic mood swings and emotional polarization. (laughs) If what I just made a thing up Um, in Canadians fandom right now, there have been what is this? This was game five, right? I'm not I'm not imagining this. It was game six. Game six, yeah. Game six, right. So there have been six games in the NHL season. It feels like we've been arguing about how to feel about the halves for two months. Everybody just needs to take a step back. This year is a question mark year. It's not even a rebuilding year anymore. It's a question mark year. Everything they do is going to be a question mark. Actually, Scott discovered uh, that there, you know, there's a lot of positivity to be had at this point. But still, people saying like, oh, we can't enjoy a win like last night because the Canadians didn't play very well. Or they let the game get away from them. Or Jake Allen like stood on his head or whatever. Or, you know, every win is away from the draft pick that we want. Or they need to lose or they need to win. I feel like we just... Mm-hmm why can't we just like take it one game at a time one game at a time
0: so here's my my counterpoint everyone's like we can't enjoy a win like they had against the sabers um shut up uh (laughs) just shut up i'm going to enjoy a win against a team they don't typically play well against and against the sabers jake allen had a good game and they came away with a win that was deserved because they executed when the opportunities were in front of them and the Buffalo Sabres did not. Tage Thompson after that game, and I know we're supposed to be talking about the Devils recap, and I will get to that, but I have feelings about this too, is that he's like, we're doing the right things and not getting rewarded, and I went, wow, I can't imagine what that's like as a Montreal Canadiens fan. (laughs) We did all the things right, and we didn't get rewarded for it. Wow, if only that was like watching what, the last 10 years of Montreal Canadiens hockey at any point in time here? Against the Devils, they started out extremely well again. And we will touch on what they're doing well to get these wins here. And it was Michael Pizzetta lights up Eric Halla and starts a play going the other direction and gets a shot off, rebounds. Justin Barron is right on the spot to cash in on that. His second goal in as many games. That's a great start. And the Canadians at five on five were more than holding their own. And Caden Primo in net, he was iffy at bit, but settled in and looked probably the best we've seen him at the NHL level uh, since his initial debut. I think it was like three or four years ago as an injury guy, Uh, came up and played a handful of games and started like 3-0-0 and everything. That was great. And then, just like it has in almost every other game, the wheels fell off when the Canadians had 2 play special teams. And we're going to talk about that much later in the show here. But the key to this game was they took a penalty and the Devils scored on their power plays. Were some of those penalties absolute crap? Yep. And I think what bugs me the most about all of that is that it's not going to be a penalty in a month and we're going to watch Caulfield or Suzuki or Newhook or whomever get cross-checked and held and tackled, and and they're just not going to call it. After calling the littlest little bit of contact because Brendan Smith fell down, penalty, score a goal. Uh, Justin Barron gets called for a very light cross-check power play goal. It's it's the one thing holding them back in a game like this because I thought they played so well, and Mike Matheson scored a goal of the year. Caden Primo made a save of the year at opposite ends of the games. And if you don't think Mike Matheson scored a goal of the year, if that was Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid or anybody who is not, you know, Mike Matheson, you would see it on every single highlight reel from now until the end of the year. And you damn well still should. He went behind his own net on the power play, picked it up and then just went through everybody. And I'm not saying that like hyperbole wise, he literally went through the entire devil's team and scored a goal. He had an adventure of a night, good and bad, but damn if Mike Matheson isn't good when he is on right now. And that's there's plenty of good to take out of this game. It's just frustrating because it's like they're right there. They are so close. And two parts of their game are just not where they need to be to get them over the hump for against good teams like the Devils are.
1: And for me, like one thing that I think. I will say slightly discouraging at this moment in time, the sky's not falling or anything like that. I felt like I want to say it was the first devil's goal. If I'm not mistaken, Um, it looked like it was getting better. And this is the thing. Like when you looked at the, at the, at the penalty kill, it looked more positive. I could swear it's it was the first Devils goal. Anyway, and it was like they they were playing super super well, and then the goal goes in, and then for whatever reason, subsequently, all the special teams fall apart again.
0: And and that's the thing. It's just like I they and they did so well on so many of these penalty kills, like for the first little bits of it, there was a penalty kill where it was Suzuki, Yolonne Harris and Mathis and who are caught out there the entire two minutes and they were good. They got it out of there. And then there's sometimes they do all the things right until the last second. And it's so frustrating because you can tell that they are close to getting it. The Canadians penalty kill is not in, it's just below, you know, mid tier in the NHL right now, which it's is not better
1: abjectly than awful is the thing
0: but it, it's in such a way that it happens and it is costing them games and oh yeah no it no, means. it
1: needs to be better but it's not like it's not the worst like we we've seen them where it was the worst or the second worst or the third worst in the league it just it needs to be significantly better but the the problem that i'm having or the, the reason that i'm like I'm, I'm feeling a little bit discouraged is because they are making improvements and it's still sinking their games and it's and
0: it's a game like this is that one or two more penalty kills are successful ones, or they cash in on more than one of their power plays. It's a completely different game. It was a game that was there for the taking. And my big drawback, this game is we love Josh Anderson on this podcast. We do. We appreciate what he brings. He does not work on a top line with Suzuki and Caulfield who are struggling to get space on their own right now Anderson is not a threat that helps that line and right now and I think it was uh Ian ballvary pointed this out that they may just be waiting till devorak is back next week and go dvorak is the second line Center and Sean Monahan is going up on that top line wing spot there to help out and stabilize that I want to see Jesse alone and on that line I want to see him on the power play it's I, it's nothing against Josh Anderson personally. It's just, we know it doesn't work unless they're playing the Leafs and they don't play the Leafs again till March. I get that. He, you know, has the speed and everything there. Something isn't clicking with that line yet because they're just getting hemmed in on and they can shadow to Caulfield because Anderson isn't an offensive zone, stationary shooting threat. He is a speed and counterattacking guy. You put someone like Jesse Alonen on that line, who can operate with space and has the wiles to be a finesse player. You create such a more layered and varied line that you can make a lot of good things happen. And it's a change I'd like to see before they play Columbus. And with all due respect to our friends at, you know, locked on blue jackets, Columbus is not the devils. They are not the sabers. This is the time to try out somebody new in that spot and see what you can do here. And they're going to have to do plenty of shuffling because You'll never guess what happened. We got more bad injury news because the Montreal Canadiens are a cursed franchise. We have angered the old ones. We're going to get into the latest long-term Montreal Canadiens injury, and that's all coming up next. But first, passion, drive, and patience are what brings home the winning trophy. Is also what keeps your ride or die vehicle alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LEDs, headlights, everything you could be looking for and more, whether you're into speed, power, style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die vehicle, you'll always find exactly what you are looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. And with All the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die vehicle alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Available in the United States only. We are back here at Locked On Canadians. And I'm starting to wonder, instead of being sponsored by, what is it, RBC or whomever is on the Canadians patches or on their helmets or whatnot, I'm wondering if they should be like just, you know sponsored by whatever the main hospital in Montreal is at this point, because the injuries have just continued to pile up since the last time we did an injury update on this show. Since then they have lost Lane Hudson to an undisclosed injury. He is not playing right now. Um, Gabriel Bork, Captain of the Laval Rocket, still out. Uh, Brady Keeper out indefinitely with a lower body injury. Jared Davidson out week to week with a lower body injury. And then adding it in at the end of the Sabres game, David Savard went all out, went to go block a shot, keeping his hands down at his side. Tage Thompson cracked one, and Savard, whether it was reflex or not, kind of put his hand up and he got hit square in the palm, wrist area, dropped his stick, is very clearly favoring his hand. Blocked another shot and lost his skate blade. And some people thought him just kind of like corpsing around out there was, oh, you know, he's doesn't have a skate blade, he's not hurt. I'm like, no, no, he dropped his stick because he got hit in the hand, he went right to the locker room, it took him back. Uh, we knew it wasn't gonna be good because he wasn't on the bench at all afterwards, and in just peak Montreal Canadians fashion. We knew there was injury news coming. They dropped it in like the middle of the second period when no one was hopefully paying attention too much. David Savard is out six to eight weeks with a fractured hand, does not require surgery. The Canadians are down to one full-time NHL vet on defense, and that is Mike Matheson, who is playing like 26 minutes a night already. I... I don't even know what to say anymore. If you are just a defenseman in the Montreal Canadiens organization, consider changing positions at this point. Ghoulie's out, Reinbacher's out, Hudson's out, Savard's out, uh, Brady Keepers out. Just if you are a defenseman, stop playing defense for the Montreal Canadiens, apparently.
1: I was gonna say they should be sponsored by like, do they still make casts out of plaster? Like, that's who she, they should be sponsored by. Whoever does bandages or casts or walking boots or whatever, because in Canada our hospitals are not for profit, so <laughs> they wouldn't be advertising anywhere.
0: Well, let me just let me just not launch into that tirade about the American <laughs> metal sy- medical system because we are not we are not locked on. You I'm, know, just <laughs> I'm just trying to be realistic.
1: I'm just trying to be realistic. It's, Plaster companies,
0: um, <laughs> so wild painkillers. Well, maybe not advertising painkillers in the modern <laughs> climate, but like, what do you even say at this point? And it's not, it's very clear, like, it's not the medical staff's fault. And no, mo- these are all freak injuries. It wasn't really the medical staff's fault most of last year either, just freak injuries. But like, the Canadians threw well, six games now, but. Going into the sixth one against the Devils, we knew we were gonna be—they were gonna be missing David Savard. In five games, they lost two regular players that played big minutes for their team. Three, of you count Caden Gooley as well, too. But he is out out long term, hopefully at this point. And it 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 throws the defense into such disarray in that you have a lot of young guys leading other young guys, or you have veterans who are just not very good, like Gustav Lindstrom. Trying on a pairing with Arbor Jacki, where Jacki now has to rein in the parts of his game that make him effective, and Jacki got benched a little bit towards the later part of the game after he took a penalty that led to uh, the third Devils power play goal. He got benched for a little bit, and Justin Barron took his power play spot. I, I am very curious what they do now because it's it's two months and you have Mike Matheson playing a lot of minutes already and he is not someone that if he goes down, your top defenseman still there is Jordan Harris, I'm pretty sure at this point. You can't have Justin Barron playing 25 minutes a night. It's a recipe for disaster. I'm wondering if there are teams out there who are looking to move a defensive veteran body. I know Columbus was rumored, I think it was Frank Saravalli who reported that, and I'm wondering if there's a Yola Armia just swapping bodies straight up And just getting it done because they got to give Mike Matheson some help for the next two months. Or by the time David Savard comes back, Matheson's going to be out of gas and you're just back where you started from again. And they we can't do that again, especially because we don't know who the goaltenders are going to be yet. Montembeau and who Primo played well. Jake Allen's played well. What do you do now?
1: Well, speaking of Columbus, I will have uh, Jay Foster of the Lockdown Blue Jackets podcast on Thursday. We're going to recap the game together. We're also going to answer your mailbag questions. And I will ask Jay about uh, defensemen, veteran bodies from Columbus that um, the Canadians might be interested in. Um, and I think personally for me, what I'm worried about is Mike Matheson also um because he's playing too many minutes becoming less durable in the longer term over the course of this year. Um and I just I don't want to put that kind of stuff out there, but the problem that I'm having too is that all of Laval's like quote unquote extra players, like anybody Laval could spare is also now I saw a tweet being like, "Oh, Montreal is going to be all Laval rocket now." And I'm like, "Actually, no, they can't." <laughs>
0: So there was a quote from Jean-Francois the practice days that he said, we started the season with eight extra players. We are down to our last one.
1: Mm-hmm. There's nobody in Laval that can come up here either.
0: And that's the thing is, Mishar went back to junior. He's one of the forwards, the so light on forwards and on defense, Brady keepers out. Chris Weidman is out. They already have called up Lindstrom. That leaves you with, I mean, they have guys on NHL contracts that can be called up. But at the same time, you're going to run into the same issue that you ran into last year is that you're going to have AHL contracted guys in the lineup only. And that's a hard thing to do on a team that has struggled on defense. And I, I don't know what else Kent Hughes could have done. They went out, they got bodies, they reinforced, they almost had too many defensemen. And then all of a sudden they just don't have enough. And I, I don't know how you plan for something like this. They went out and they added all these extra bodies to the point that I'm like, I don't know where all these prospects are going to play. And all of a sudden now, oh, we still don't have enough. It's what do you even do at this point? And I'm, I'm so curious is that what did the Canadians do to be so utterly cursed like this year in and year out? Andrew Zadronowski put out, he's like, well, the last two years have been record setting for injuries as the Canadians going into their sixth game, have to start using emergency recalls on players because they don't have enough bodies. What I, it it melts my brain is that I knew this was going to be, this was going to be another tough year, but all the signs are there for positive growth. And then we're, they're just chipping away the pieces needed to build in this. And it is such a maddening thing because you can tell they want to take that next step. They just do not have the bodies to do so.
1: I think for me, the biggest thing is that David Savard is a veteran and he's a defensive defenseman who's there to essentially block shots, right? The Canadians will be able to find someone like that on the market. The question is, is that person going to last as well? Like, I, you know, I don't think it's something about the way the Canadians play. I think it's just freak accidents like this. This kind of stuff happens. Um, so for me, like the the question isn't what they do because they're going to bring in a body. The question is how many times they can do that and how many players are they cursing by bringing them into this organization.
0: I mean, I was going to say it's like it's just a meat grinder at this point. It's like, are you a defenseman? Cool, you've got about three months until uh, something catastrophic happens to you. So I guess we'll see. They've got and the thing is, it's in a week where they have no time to really react to things at this point. They've got Columbus on Thursday. They've got another game on Saturday. They've got another game on Monday, I believe. And it is just boom, 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 and a trip. Boom.
1: It's a road trip.
0: Oh, Christ alive. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: It's a late game road trip.
0: We Wait. are six games into the season, everybody. And we have hit. Wow. What are they going to do about the injuries already? That might possibly be a new record. But here's the thing. Oh, we'd like to end the show on a positive note. There are still plenty of good things to like about what is going on with this Canadians team so far, even with the injuries. And we're going to get into all that coming up next. But first I got to tell you, it is sometimes such a pain to find affordable tickets to any event that I'm looking for. I looked high and low for football tickets this year. And thanks to a place like game time, I was able to get exactly what I needed at the perfect price They do everything from last-minute ticket deals, flash deals, zone deals. You can easily find and buy tickets for any kind of event. You want to go to a football game? Go to a football game. You want to go to a hockey game? Go to a hockey game. You want to go see a show at the theater? You can go see a show at the theater's with game time and you can get views from any seat in the venue. So you aren't sure what you're going to look be sitting in. You can check it out before you buy. And they have the lowest price guarantee with event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and so much more. And game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. And even an hour after it has up to an hour after it has begun. So if you want to snag some cheap ones and sneak in right after kickoff, you can do that. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time, download the game time app, Create an account and use code NHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code NHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest-priced. Guaranteed. We're back at Locked On Canadians. And yes, the team is injured. And yes, they lost a frustrating game to the Devils. And yes, the penalty kill is maddening. And yes, the power play is still stinky poop. But... I am here to tell you that there is a silver lining in that pile of cowplop. And it is that the Canadians at five on five have become a much more competitive team this season. And we have talked about it uh, a couple times this season. I mentioned, talked about it with Andrew Berkshire and game over, and we mentioned it uh, at the beginning of the week. They're not an elite five on five team yet. They are not there yet. And they probably won't be there without Kirby doc in the lineup for them. That's just a reality of the matter here but and the Montreal Caden and Caden Gooley, too. Yes. Thank you. Is that this is a team that is now able to start holding their own more at five on five and keeping the pressure on teams and creating opportunities. Their fourth line looks great. The, the grizzled vets line uh, with Monaghan Pearson and Gallagher has looked good in the last two games together. They're obviously honing everybody in on Nick Suzuki at this point, but the team itself He's getting good efforts across the game from all four lines. It's all being undone because they can't stay out of the bleeping penalty box. The game, I go back to this game against the Devils here where they are pushing and pushing and they take a penalty and it all comes to a screeching halt. Is that stay out of the box and good things are going to happen for this team. They're not going to be an elite five-on-five team. They're not going to go up there against some of the top contenders. A team like the Devils to do as well as they did at five-on-five and to be competitive there is a good feather in their cap. And I think that's a really positive thing because they're doing it without their second-best forward or third-best, depending on how you look at things here. That's a positive thing to take forward here, and I'm glad they're building on it. But for the love of God, stay out of the penalty box. I don't know what they need to do. But your strength now is being able to roll those four lines and continue to wear teams down with effort and gas them out and capitalize on their mistakes. When you give them the power play and you wear out your guys who got to play in that situation, you lose more and more of that effectiveness at five on five. I don't know what Martin Louis has to do, but guys got to stay out of the box. It's, it's not a negotiable thing anymore because it's costing you games at this point.
1: He needs to threaten them with beatings.
0: I mean, maybe not beatings, like given, you know, but like
1: <laughs> I it was just like a, an inside joke. Like a friend of ours, Mike Darnay, once tweeted, um, and this was a, this was a, a long time ago, but it was something to do with power plays and beatings. Like they were playing, they were practicing the power play, and he said something, um, and it was a fake quote from the coach at the time, and I believe it was ESPN that took it and ran with it, <laughs> and it was about power play beatings. Um, anyway, no power play be- beatings, uh, for the Montreal Canadiens or penalty kill beatings. Uh, I did want to mention though, it is that when you are the inferior team in any given situation, which let's admit the Canadians night in and night out are probably going to be the inferior team on the ice. There's no getting around that. When you are that team, you have to be extra careful to be crisp and complete your movements and, do everything as correctly as possible and when i say this i mean you can't do a half job of anything you have to really commit and commit doesn't mean necessarily taking risks physically like if you're going to and and you should play physical and you should play the body but if you're going to do that you have to do that within the rules because The other thing, too, that whatever happens coming into the ice is that when a team is better than you automatically it's just natural that the officials will be biased towards the, that other team and they'll be expecting you to be slashing and hacking and tripping and 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 they'll be looking for it and they'll often see it when even it's questionable in their minds it'll be for sure that you're doing that thing it's just the nature of the way people are it's the nature of the way officiating works and it's the nature of like being the inferior team like when you are playing a team that's so much faster or more skilled or more talented You're always going to look like the people who are taking that, that they're pushing it too far. They're crossing the lines. I think I, I I'm trying to say crossing the lines. So you have to be really careful and you have to really be committed to correct play. And like, when you do use the body, do it, but do it carefully and in the right way. And in a way that people can't question your intention.
0: And like I said, at the start of the show here is that it's like, what's annoying about this is that a lot of these things are not going to be penalties in a month to two months. And then it's like, okay, if you are Arbor, if you are someone that like, oh, you know, I got my stick in here and they fell over, you're going to stop trying to do that. And it might make you less efficient along the boards or something because you got called so many times that you don't want to do it. And when that standard changes, it changes the way you approach the game there. There are some penalties like Arbor Jack had a night against Curtis Lazar literally just like grabbed his shoulder and threw him backwards. It's like, that's a penalty. That's always going to be a penalty. But some of the cross-checks and stick infractions, they're not penalties. And again, it's not that I think the refs hate the Canadians. I just think they suck at their job. And the standard will change, and it's going to be absolutely maddening. And I just – if they could clean it up a little bit. They might win a lot of ugly games. They might have a lot of like 3-2, 4-2 losses as opposed to 5-2 or 6 goals against kind of things. If they can keep it in where their strength is right now, and that is a sign of a good team is that we can keep this in the realm that we thrive at. A team like the Oilers, who, who usually cook on the power plays because McDavid can draw penalties because he is unstoppable. The Leafs draw penalties because they can, you know, cycle in the zone there and force teams to take penalties to slow them down. The Canadians take penalties sometimes because they get hemmed in their own zone. They're keeping things to the outside, which is great, but they are stuck in their own zone and they cannot get out of that. And they fail the clearing attempt when they would be able to change there. And yeah, they're low danger chances, but sooner or later guys get tired and those low danger chances become high danger chances. And then you take a penalty. And then here we are. It's all about tightening up your little fundamentals in the defensive zone, clearing the puck properly making sure you're making good breakout passes. They were sloppy on some of their breakout side. The devils were all over it, pressuring them. That if you can learn and adjust on that, great. It's all about fundamentals on that. The special teams are not winning you games right now. They are losing you games. Stick to where your strength is. As best as you can, stick to where your strength is. I don't feel like that's asking much from a team like the Canadians this year. They can absolutely do this, and they can absolutely become a, a bigger threat this year. I mean, they're not going to be a playoff team, but they're a team that can be a real big nuisance if they're not going to go away at five on five and can just grind you down there. So that's that's my rant on on just I'm tired of watching special teams cost this team games in several years at this point.
1: Are you going to ask me for parting thoughts? <laughs>
0: I was to say, do you have parting thoughts on
1: that? <laughs> um, I have a parting thought. I want to start a Yestis for he movement, um, wherein he gets played in more situations where he would be useful. Um, I like. I'm not. I'm not against you know how he's being played right now but as you mentioned off the top like he might be a better fit for that top line because of uh the way he is but also you know on the power play or whatever so i think i feel like he's underutilized he's not used to the best of his uh to the to the best he's not used to the strengths that he brings. Um, And so that's where that's my last parting thought. I know we'll probably end up talking a little bit more about that in subsequent episodes to this, but that's, that's my whole thing is starting a yes for yesy movement.
0: Yes. More yesy, wherever you can put him at this point, please. And thank you. That is going to wrap up this episode. We will be back tomorrow. Um, Canadians have an off day. We'll see what kind of news we get out of that. Obviously, Laura will be here with Jay after the Blue Jackets game because I will be enjoying a Bills home game in the beautiful fall weather here in Buffalo. Uh, as always, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians, gmail.com. If you got any longer questions, follow Laura at The Active Stick, follow myself at Scott Matla, and folks, we will see you all next time.